Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I don't know what music to play. It's Friday the 13th. Is this the right music? Is that it? I can't. I, I always get a mix of Is it Friday the 13th or is that Halloween? I don't know. You know, Mike, what's going on, man? Mike, can you hear me? Oh, dear God. Mike is having phone problems again. Oh, it's another Red vs. Blue. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Mike's got some lame excuse about his phone again. He's trying to he's trying to pull one over on us because, you know, uh, the phone is having issues again when really he's just, uh, you know, have, probably having a hard week from fantasy, probably not one to – own up to the uh, the draft day decisions that he has. Got a nice picture of Mike and Rachel here on the Red vs. Blue show. You can check that out, plus lots of other pictures and photos that we have from the live event uh, at the Fantasy Football World Championship. Just got back from Las Vegas uh, for the most memorable uh, year in Vegas of my life in 10-plus years going to Las Vegas every year uh, for the high-stakes fantasy drafts, the Fantasy Football World Championship in year two. Uh, had a very successful uh, event weekend, starting off with the Thursday uh, drafts that we had, uh, the Commander 5K draft. That's a league where everybody ponies up $5,000 per man uh, to go for some really big money in a 12-team league. Then we had the auction, the first-ever FFWC auction league, the Auction 850. Uh, that was exciting for, for me since I'm not a big auction guy, getting to check out the auction league and watching that unfold. Uh, lots of different strategies that they're trying to. A lot of purists will tell you that auction is the truest form of fantasy championships because you get to build the team the way you see fit. It's not about draft position and waiting till your turn. You actually get to build it from uh, from nothing with the with the free agent budget or the or the draft budget that you have, the auction budget. Pretty cool. I like the auction uh, drafts. I'm I'm, I'm probably going to get into one of those eventually uh, in my life before it's uh, all said and done. Mike, we got you back. Yes, I'm here. Starting off can right. Okay. Okay. I can hear you. I can hear you. What, what, what's going on? What happened to this to the Galaxy phone that our listeners sent you to use on Red versus Blue? What happened to that phone? That phone went dead on Friday night. Uh, I, I have no idea why it went dead because it was fully charged. Uh, so that phone was gone. So I borrowed one uh, from Rachel and uh, our phone and. That's what I was using to begin the show, and that thing went dead. So now I'm using a Motorola Flip from about 1924. One of the one of the, the clam one of the clamshells. Is that what you had? One of the old clamshells. Yeah, 
Oh, dear God. Oh. Hey, Mike, uh, shout out to Nine Wrapped in the chat room, Mike Gustafson. He was in the auction 850. We got Brothers Mayhem, Jason Duvall, Henry Muto, uh, one of the big high stakes winners last year, IPS driver. Welcome to the chat room here, the crew at Red vs. Blue. Uh, still on Blog Talk Radio. Not sure for how much longer, uh, but we are still here uh, despite all the issues they've been having. Let's see if they can get them worked out uh, this well, week. Uh, we real, quick, uh, yeah, yeah. real quick, uh, if I can have a chance, I want to give a shout-out to uh, you and uh, Cindy, Ian, uh, Aaron, uh, and Emil, the entire uh, uh, FFWC, FF Toolbox uh the entire crew, uh, that was a great draft. We really enjoyed uh, Rachel and I. We enjoyed our time uh, doing the Roto Bowls. And uh, I could tell that everybody enjoyed the uh, main events uh, from last weekend. Uh, just an awesome time, an awesome event. And, you know, it's it's just our second year in a row uh, to be in Las Vegas. But uh, you guys did a first-class job and really appreciate everything you guys did. Well, you did show up, my man. You came on time. You drafted your team, and I haven't got a real good chance to take a look at it. I'm sure I'll, I'll get that chance here coming up real soon uh, once everything starts to slow down and settle in here. But, yeah, lots of lineups to get to, lots of who-do-I-start questions, and a full slate of NFL action week two uh, that we're going to cover here on Red vs. Blue tonight. So uh, I do want to uh, give a shout-out, first of all, to uh, the leaders in week one. Starting off with the Fantasy Football World Championship, the $150,000 grand prize, $12,500 in league prizes. If you dominate your league and you're the leader after week 13, if you lead in total points and in record, you win. You're the dominators. You win $10,000 in your league, and you advance for the $150,000 grand. It doesn't get any bigger than this, Mike. It doesn't get any bigger than this. And the week one leaders uh, of the Fantasy Football World Championship Robert Jaron and Sean Cruz and Hollywood Cruisers. What does the best week one team look like? Eli Manning, a quarterback. What a great night that he had throwing to Victor Cruz and tossing it all around the field. LaShawn McCoy, Rashard Mendenhall, even with a Rashard Mendenhall at RB2, the number one team overall in the FFWC because of the wide receivers. It's the year of the wide receiver, Mike. We've been talking about it for the last six months. Andre Johnson, yeah. Randall Cobb. Marquez Colston, Hockey Nix, and the one and only Anquan Bolden, the wide receiver, Mike. Jordan Cameron at tight end, Akers for the kicker, and Broncos deep. But look, Anquan Bolden is the story of week one, in my opinion, Mike. Is there a better feel-good story than Anquan Bolden of the San Francisco 49ers? Boy, isn't that something else? I mean, you know, he just just loaded up on points. But, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, running backs uh, kind of being light. I mean, how many uh, – how many running backs rushed for over 100 yards on Sunday? Like three, and maybe one of them was a quarterback. I don't know, something like that, right? Right, exactly. So, so that does that set the tone? Is that the way it's going to be for the rest of the year? You know, I don't really think so, but it could be. So, you know, you might be very, uh, might want to be very careful when you're checking out that waiver wire and uh, who you want to pick up. Uh, as far as running backs, because this is wide receiver happy, like we've been talking about since, what, uh, May, June, July? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nine quarterbacks over 25 points in week one, seven running backs over 20, 19 wide receivers over 20 points. That's the difference. Seven running backs over 20 points, 19 wide receivers over 20 points, and seven seven tight ends over 20. So the tight ends matched the running backs in production, and the wide receivers blew them away. Uh, when you look at the 15-point threshold, it gets even bigger, Mike. 13 running backs over 15 points, 10 tight ends over 15 points, and 30, 30 wide receivers over 15 points. Uh, it well, is now a quarterback league, Mike. Exactly, and, and a lot of the reasons – that a lot of those running backs were over that uh, those points that you're talking about because it's PPR. It wasn't because yeah. they were rushing the ball. It's, it, it was because uh, you know they were uh, getting balls out of the uh, out of the backfield. Yep, that's right. That's right. It is. Uh, Peyton Manning kicked everything off on Thursday night, Mike. We had the the uh, the, the kickoff party in the Mirage Sportsbook. It was a packed house. Everybody had a great time. We, the first time ever a hotel property has actually 
extended across the aisle for fantasy football and said, hey, we want you involved. We want to host this draft and this party for the high-stakes fantasy community. We were in the sports book watching on the big screens. They just put the biggest screen in Vegas at the Mirage uh, to watch all the games. It was incredible uh, having and Fun. enjoying everybody that was there in the sports book watching the Thursday night game. And to have the game that we had, Mike, it just kicked everything off. Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, and Julius Thomas. What a foursome and a force to be reckoned with in the NFL, Mike. If they let Peyton go like that every week, we could see just incredible things happen. We've never seen it before because the Colts always let the foot off the brink. But it looks like this year, if they allow this to continue, Peyton Manning could could really set some records for fantasy players. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, but on the other side of it, did you really think that was going to happen at halftime when it was 17-14? You know, I, I'm no. sitting there, you know, I'm, I, I, I was kind of rooting for Baltimore, but I, I didn't really care. I just – I had Baltimore in the points, which was dumb, I guess. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was a fun atmosphere. Uh, but at halftime, did you really think that they would go off at that point? No. No, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think many of us did. It was, uh, it was just one of those games where the Ravens seemed like they were the Ravens and Flacco was doing his part and the Broncos were, yeah, you know. But, boy, they really turned it on and just – started to uh, really exploit the, the weapons that they had there. It was uh, just, a, just a sight to see. And, look, it's going to be exciting to watch. Now, that's what started the, our weekend off, and then we had the big invitational draft in the sports book at the Mirage, Mike. That was what kicked everything off uh, for us officially that Thursday night when we got to see the high-stakes players, some of the best, the invite only. The top 100 players were invited. Twelve people signed up almost immediately out of that top 100 ponied up two grand to be become the first ever invitational Mirage Invitational Champion. That draft lasted until the wee hours of the morning. They had a big spotlight on the draft board right there in the sports book. Everybody kind of got to watch and, and see that thing unfold. And that gave us the semblance of what was going to happen. And sure enough, Mike, Peyton Manning went 212 in that draft, 212. And the rest of the weekend we saw him even go further than that. Now, Mike, what's your opinion of that? After such a strong week one, sure, it's nice to get those 50 points on the board. But then after that, you have to get that second-round quarterback there for Peyton Manning. Yeah, you know, my, my opinion is the same that, that it has been uh, for the last uh, few weeks. You know, I mean, it was an awesome week. That's a lot of points. That's a win. That's a win for you. Uh, moving forward, uh, he's going to probably be able to help you out quite a bit, but you still got to build your team around your uh, your expectations on what you want as far as running back wide receivers. Now, are, did did that team that took Peyton Manning, did they suffer at running back wide receiver? Uh, we'll know here in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, that's that's going to be the that's going to be the key. You hit it right on the head, Mike. Losing out on that second round pick, that's got to be painful uh, for the rest of your squad, especially in the fantasy football world championship format, where you have to have a deep team to compete. Uh, that's going to be something. So again. Uh, that was the that was the team there in the um, in the fantasy football world championship that took number one overall. However, I do want to mention our good friend David Hughes, aka Pure Strength, in the world of high stakes fantasy football. His team name is Comeback Player of the Year. He entered three teams, Mike, in the fantasy football world championship this year, and yeah. three teams in the top six overall. Not only is that amazing, but if you're wondering. Again, he only drafted three main event teams, all three teams in the top six. And how did he do it? Two of those teams had Peyton, Welker, Demarius, and Julius Thomas. The other team had Peyton and Demarius. Uh, Peyton paid, Mike. And, and look, uh, we, we kind of watched those drafts all off season from David Hughes, a.k.a. Pure Strength. And we saw him going after Peyton Manning early and often and Denver Broncos early and often. Just about every league we watched him, he did it. So to do that and get rewarded, it makes you look pretty darn smart in this game. Yes, it does. And uh, furthermore, I mean, you know, I, I personally don't like that tactic. But, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, if you're going to grab the points in week one, thinking that you're going to play San Diego, Oakland twice a year, uh, that's that's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's what we'll – 
that's what we have to watch and see, Mike. It's um, it, but, but congratulations to him. That's a tremendous accomplishment. Not only did we have the fantasy football world championships out in Las Vegas that are that drafted, we also had the Roto Bowls, Mike, which you participated in as well. And uh, this is the mid stakes game with a with a uh, high league prizes, twenty one fifty in league prizes. That kind of breaks the mold there. A $279 entry fee, which is a little bit less than the other traditional mid-stakes contests that are floating around the 350 mark. You get a little bit more bang for your buck, 2150 elite prizes. And then, look, it's a 25 grand top prize, but only one of those can, one, one people can, one person can win that. Uh, and so there's only a couple of contests out there with a couple of other prizes that are a little bit higher than that. But we prefer the, the lesser league pay, uh, entry fee with the higher league payouts and still have a nice carrot at the end to win. It's called the Rota Bowl. And, Mike, you were involved in that. The top team overall, the first-place overall team after a monster week one posting 251 points is Scott Knapp, injured reserve two. His team was Peyton Manning, Arian Foster, Eddie Lacy, Shane Vereen, devastating uh, for that team there. Shane Vereen, 22 points. What a what a great first. He looked like he was on his way, Mike. We're going to talk about him in a second. Anquan Bolden, Victor Cruz, Brandon Marshall, Julius Thomas, and a flex of Chris Givens, Justin Tucker, and the Rams. That's 251 points, Mike, uh, for injured reserve Scott Knapp uh, playing in the Rota Bowl and loses Shane Vereen, Mike, after week one. It looked like Shane Vereen was going to be an absolute monster uh, for New England. Uh, everybody that drafted him early in the fourth round was sort of vindicated uh, by what we saw. He was involved. He was catching the balls. Now with that injury, he's out 11 weeks, Mike. I'm going to ask you the question. If you had Shane Vereen in any of these contests and you saw what he did for you in week one, is there any way possible you could hang on to him that entire season on one of those bench spots until week 12 when you need him the most? If he, if he comes back week 12, can you hang on to him or do you cut bait and, and save that roster spot because every roster spot is valuable? Yeah, you know, it just depends. Uh, if you're very deep at wide receiver, if you're very strong at wide receiver, uh, and you have enough running backs to carry the load, uh, I would hang on to him. Absolutely I would hang on to him and just uh, see what happens because you know how the you know how New England is. I mean, they can hang on uh, or they can, uh, you know, continue throughout the season and then uh, in week 10, 11, 12, uh, pop, there he comes. And, uh, and you'll be glad that you have him. So uh, it just depends on how deep your uh, your roster is. I think it depends on how deep your roster is as far as uh, wide receivers go, more than anything. The question for the chat room tonight, should we cut bait on Zach Sudfeld? Should we cut bait on Zach Sudfeld? That's the question for the crew, the oh. chat room here in Red versus Blue. Please make your comments known. Mike, what is your what, what do you say? Wow. You know, after week one, uh, wow, I want to, but uh, it, it's hard to. Uh, Did you but, see the stat you know, line he put up, Mike? Did you see the stat line? One tackle, one tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I know, I know, but 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 you got to understand, Scott. We've been talking about this for what uh, as many years as we've been doing red versus blue. The New England Patriots are—they're the Patriots. You know, he could he could show up uh, in week three, big time. So you never know. I I just. Uh, I don't want to cut bait on him, but you know, I, I, I just can't. I gotta stay with him. I gotta stay with him. Okay. Uh, well, so again, that's the uh, that's the Roto Bowl uh, league leader there, uh, injured reserve Scott Knapp. What a great performance for you! Great way to start uh, the season if you're if you're if you're trying to win the, lead, the 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 Roto Bowl. Very very cool to see now. The other, the final contest that I want to bring up here before we get rolling into week two is the Dynasty World Championship. We have 144 teams trying to be the Dynasty uh, World Champion and Dynasty King, and the first ever Dynasty King. David O'Neill and the O'Neillskis lead the way to become the first ever Dynasty Football World Championship. What does the top scoring team in Dynasty look like? Peyton Manning again, Bryce Brown, D'Angelo Williams. Not really. Look, Bryce Brown and D'Angelo are his running backs. But he's the number one team overall of 144 teams. You know why, Mike? Danny Amendola, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, Torrey Smith, Jared Cook, and Jason Witten. That's how it's done in the in the new era of fantasy football, Mike. Strong wide receivers, strong tight ends. And there's two names right there. Jared Cook and Jason Witten, the number one tight end in Jared Cook. 
and the old standby, Mike, Jason Witten. What do you think of those two guys and what you saw from them from week one? Man, you know what? I'll tell you. Uh, Jason Witten, he's going to be the guy. He's always going to be the guy. Jared Cook, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy to be in in the perfect situation, and I think he is in the perfect situation. I don't think those, uh, what what was it, 32, 32 fantasy points that he got this week, I don't think that's a fluke. I really don't. You know, there's so many uh, fantasy fluke points in week one that people get uh, excited about, enamored about. No, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the case with Jared uh, Cook. Uh, I, I I see his stats continuing to not be maybe 32 every week, but I don't think he's going to fall down, and I don't uh, I don't see Jason Witten's stats going down either. Jason Witten is just a consummate professional man every single year. He looks like a top five uh, tight end. He ends up in the top five. And it, there's just nothing that shakes that guy out of that top five. There's nothing that's going to happen. He's going to be there every single year. So uh, that's what you get out of Jaden Witten is consistency, Mike. And it's so important in fantasy football. Uh, it's, it's, it's consistency. It's not necessarily the guys at the end of the year when you're looking at points and saying, oh, wow, look, he was the number nine running back overall for the year. Well, you know what? That's Chris Johnson. And one week he'll get you 30, and the next week he'll get you two. Next week he'll get you two or three. What was that, Mike? <laughs> You're talking about Chris Johnson. I, I, I want to tell a story when we were sitting at the bar at the Mirage. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, hey, I love telling stories, man. It's uh, that's that's all right, dude. It's it was it's just Chris Johnson. You know how it is. It's it's that flash in the pan that we saw in the preseason, and oh man, everybody's buying him. What did he do? Uh-huh. What did he do, Mike? What did Chris Johnson <laughs> do for owners that drafted him? At that two one two three two four range, where we started to see him go after that one big play uh, in the preseason, where, where did he uh, where did he finish? What you know what running back he finished in? Let's see. I'm gonna keep going down my list. Keep going. Oh, there he is, number thirty seven, Chris Johnson, twenty five carries, seventy yards. Mike, there's that new offensive line for you. Scott, I, I, we were sitting there watching the uh, Pittsburgh Tennessee game. I don't know why, because that was the most pathetic game I've ever watched in my life. And I'm sitting there watching Chris Johnson, and I told Rachel, I said, never again, please, if I I want to draft Chris Johnson, will you just choke me quick and never do it again? So, anyway, uh, we've got him in in the one mistakes league, and uh, we're hoping that uh, he'll turn around. Uh, but, uh, gosh, if you can't turn around against Pittsburgh, I mean, let's face it, Pittsburgh is a six-win team, maybe seven, maybe seven. So if, if Chris Johnson can explode against a Pittsburgh Steelers de- uh, defense, then I don't know what's going to happen with him. So, anyway, that's my story. <laughs> so I, I, to- I totally hear you, man. It's It's just, again, you can't be looking at overall points. I think a lot of people fall victim to that. They look at overall points for the year. They base their decisions around that. There's got to be some metrics out there around there that talk about consistency, and I want at least that level of consistency every single week, that, you know, that 8 to 10-point minimum. You know, you, you almost have to expect that. You want that 12 or 13. You know, that's what you want to be, you know, be able to leave with. Now, Bilal Powell last night, another example. It was a guy that I'm like, you know what, he's the starting running back. I know Ivor's there, but it looks like Powell's getting the carries. Somebody was asking me, you know, do I want to be, should you start Bilal Powell? Or should you start? Um, oh, jeez, it was another. It was just a, oh, it was a terrible option. I, ca- I can't even. Um, I can't even think of who it was. And I, I'm like, you know what? You got to start Bilal Powell. In that, in that, I was like, he's gonna, he's got a safe floor for that team. Now again, it was like 15 points or whatever. But with a touchdown, he would have had. Without the touchdown, he would have, he would have still had nine points. I think they wanted Mendenhall. They're like Mendenhall or Powell. And I'm like, really? I don't trust Mendenhall. You know, I don't. I trust him less than I trust Chris Johnson. You know, of course. Now Mendenhall probably finished better. Yeah, he did. Mendenhall finished better than Chris Johnson at 34th, right? Uh, 16 carries for 60 yards. Oh, and one catch for four yards. See, that's what you get with Mendenhall. You know, look, there's nothing there. Take a take a guy like Bilal Powell with a good offensive line, who you know are going to run the ball because they don't have a good pass game. He's going to get work. And you know it's not a it's not a big big decision to make. I'm just you just you need to look for consistency, and that's what you don't get with guys like Chris Johnson. So I'm going to get off that kick. 
Uh, I, I want to talk about uh, we have several big games that I'm just so excited about, Mike. I'm so excited about several well, games you know, that we're going to have this week. What's up? Well, Scott, you know, actually, I want to uh, just just for a second, I want to talk about a couple of players that I would, you know, like to bring up as a uh, uh, are they a waste? Uh, Doug Martin, for instance, Mike Williams. You know, do we took do we, do we put too much into uh, week one? Doug Martin, Mike Williams. Oh, look, I like both those guys, man. Come on, that, that, look. What the Jets are proving is, look, they, they have a young quarterback. They played a great defensive game against Tampa and against New England last night. And, and New England definitely dropped balls. I think everybody dropped balls on both sides of the ball there. Uh, but they do play. They do have a very good defense. They're proving that with that front, that, with that front line, uh, the safety help that they have, the linebackers. They have a pretty good defensive front. Doug Martin wasn't able to get really going like Doug Martin does. You know, he he didn't uh, he didn't do that. But Again, it's a safe floor. I'll take 14 or 15 points on a bad week, Mike. He had 25, 26 touches. Uh, the, the Jets did limit him, but they limited the heck out of Stephen Ridley. Martin got 65 yards. Ridley, I don't even think Ridley got 40, did he? I mean, uh, it's a little tough. The, the, the Jets' defense is a little bit more formal, so I, I'm, I'm willing to give Doug Martin a pass. Mike Williams got a touchdown. I'm not. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with Mike Williams. I, I would probably be trying to put him in the lineup this week. Uh, especially if I'm if I'm looking at a situation where it's a Marquez Colston or a Mike Williams this week or something, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards the Mike Williams role because let's face it, Colston's on Revis Island this week. If I have, I'm not telling you to bench him at all costs, but I'm saying if you have a decent option, Mike Williams is a decent option. He had eight targets last week, caught four for fifty oh, and a touchdown. I missed both. I'm I'm sorry, Scott. I was talking about Mike Wallace. My bad. Oh, oh, Mike Wall. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Now there's a guy that we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a guy that we didn't want any part of. Right, all preseason, all off season. We we're like, look, we don't really want to touch Mike Wallace. And thankfully, there, Mike Wallace is not on any Red Blue Radio or uh, Team Legacy teams this year. I don't know about Team Sarek out there, but uh, Mike. Yeah. Uh, no, Mike Wallace will not be. Now, do you think he rebounds a little bit this week? It's against Indianapolis. A little bit of an easier. Maybe an easier go of things this week, uh, and maybe just try to get things going. He is he is whining about not getting the ball. Yeah. So. No. Well, you I, don't, you don't, I mean, you know, it's just, you it's don't just have gonna him. Be a little... You don't. You, you don't have Mike Wallace anywhere, do you? Uh, do I have Mike Wallace? Yes, I do. I have him on one team. Did you? Okay. All right. Well, we'll forgive you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the, the games that I'm ex- the, the games that I'm excited about this week, Mike. There's several of them, and it's just going to be a great slate of action here. The the, the couple of games I'm going to skip through all the one o'clock games because really, nah, they don't really do it for me. Uh, it's the four o'clock games and the late games throughout the the rest of the weekend that really finish strong, Mike. Uh, Detroit and Arizona. I'm not I'm not getting really too caught up in New Orleans, Tampa Bay. That should actually be a pretty good game. I think New Orleans and Tampa with that division rivalry there, I think that'll be fun. But the Denver Giant game at 4:30, oh man, Eli versus Peyton in New York, that's going to be a lot of fun. Mike. Now the funny thing is this: we, if you go and you check out all the rankings across the industry and across the country, it's like some of these websites, ESPN, CBS, uh, even Football Guys, uh, several of the big name websites. They have Eli yeah. Manning in the 10 to 15 range still. It's almost like they don't adjust their their rankings uh, for the actual game they're getting ready to play. And at the toolbox, we have Eli Manning at like number two this week, dude, or number in the top five, I know, because he's playing his brother in New York. Don't you think that Eli is going to put up a monster game, a monster effort against against his, his brother? I, oh, I think he will because there's no running game unless they uh, unless they put the trust into uh, David Wilson, and uh, you know I, they're still going to rely on David Wilson a little bit. But uh, Eli's got a little chip on his shoulder, uh, and he's got the wide receivers to do it. So uh, you know, I, I, this could be quite a shootout. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a game that I'm looking forward to. There's, there's every everybody. You start everybody on the Giants, including Reuben Randall. Reuben Randall is a guy that I again. If you're looking for somebody to start over Marcus Colson, everybody's hey Colson's on Revis Island this week. Put Reuben Randall in your lineup this week. You will get rewarded. You were rewarded last week. 
put him in there again. You're going to see more of the same from Ruben Randall. Uh, this offense is ready to go with those three wide receivers and that tight end. And then, what was me about David Wilson, man? Jeez, uh, we're so disappointed to have that toolbox on the start. We named him our breakout player. We'll own it. Uh, and we still believe in the guy long term. We didn't. We didn't back off. We didn't back off, Mike. The fumbles, they gotta go. What is wrong with a running back that fumbles the ball, Mike? I just don't understand. Last year it started off this way for David Wilson, and it's repeat performance. Fumbleitis uh, in week one, Mike. What do you make yeah. of that? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the Dallas defense. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why that happens because they continue to have uh, confidence in him. And you know, it seems like, like like last year. You know, it seemed like he started to progress a little bit. But uh, you know, you could tell Tom Coughlin was uh, he's pretty upset. Pretty upset. And you got to protect the football. I mean, the Giants, what, they had six turnovers and only lost by, what, five points? I mean, that just tells you how bad Dallas may be. But uh, in Tom Coughlin's situation for the Giants, they're thinking, wow, six turnovers, how can this happen? And two of them are by David Wilson, a back that you need down after down. That's a tough situation. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, David Wilson disappointed, and not unlike Lamar Miller. Mike Lamar Miller is another name that a lot of a lot of websites, not ours, but uh, a lot of uh, groups and less uh, you know um, respectable shows, they kind of named as their breakout player. And look, uh, he didn't do much either. Lamar Miller sitting on kind of a goose egg right there with uh, David Wilson. So the, yeah, those two guys, which which one do you think actually breaks through this week? Well, as a matter of fact, Scott, uh, we can go back uh, three or four shows, uh, and I, I, I consistently said that Lamar Miller was not your guy at, at running back for Miami. Uh, Miami, they, they're going to score a few points, but not many. They might score enough to win because their defense is so good. Uh, in response to your question, I still say it's going to be David Wilson. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, David Wilson over Lamar Miller just by a slim hair here. Uh, and then as we move into some of the other games that are on that uh, that night, Sunday night, Mike, the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks. That is the game that everybody's talking about. San Fran got the woodshed laid to them at CenturyLink Field. You know they call it the clink. Seattle yep. took care the of clink. business last year. While we were in Maui uh, for the World Championship Week 16, rooting for Matt Bailey there and congr- calling him up and congratulating him for the 200 grand, it's at the clink again, Mike. What do you think? Does San Fran have a little bit of an added motivation here to do something because they got it? They got it put to them pretty good last year, and Kaepernick looks uh, solid. Russell Wilson looks solid. What do you make of that game? Yeah, well, first off, it was uh, great to meet Matt Bailey face to face. I was able to congratulate him on his. Uh, uh, victory last year with the FFWC. Uh, you know, this week's game, Seattle, San Francisco, Seattle's, they're trying to break a record. They're going to break a record for the loudest sound in any place ever. And I think they'll do it. Uh, they keep calling it 12th man. Well, the original 12th man is Texas A&M. Uh, but mm-hmm. Seattle is, uh, it's going to be so loud there but I still believe that San Francisco is going to be able to do what they need to do. But I, I, I think Seattle's going to win something like a, um, you know, a, a thirty-one to twenty-seven type of game. Mhm, mhm. Should be a good one, one man. Thing I do want to bring up Scott is uh, yeah. San Francisco's only allowed in the last, uh, I think it's five years, five one hundred yard rushing games. In the mm-hmm. last five years, and out of those five, three have been by Marshawn Lynch. Hmm. Good stats, man. Breaking out the stats tonight. I like it. I like it. The new Mike Leaf turning over. Uh, good deal. Uh, Mike, there's another game this weekend that I'm really looking forward to. It's the Monday Nighter. It's Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Here's the interesting part, Mike. Only 12% of teams that start the season 0-2 ever make the playoffs in that same year. 
Pittsburgh's 0-1, Cincinnati's 0-1. What's your call on that game, Mike? Because whoever you say wins that game, the other team is sitting home very likely for the playoffs. Well, you know, I continue to hear that stat over and over again every year. Uh, first off, I think uh, I think Cincinnati wins that game uh, fairly easily. The way Pittsburgh looked at home against Tennessee, uh, that was that, that was pretty pathetic. Uh, Cincinnati on the road at Chicago, uh, barring a stupid penalty, uh, Cincinnati wins that game. So everybody in the division is 0-1. They're all tied for first. So yeah. I think Cincinnati mm-hmm. wins that game, uh, and I think they'll win it uh, probably, you know, about at least by field goal or a touchdown. Isn't, isn't there a part of you, though? And, and that's what I think, too. I think Cincinnati wins the game, too. But it, there's a part of me that says, man, Pittsburgh is a veteran team. You think they're really going to start the season 0-2? And with that – I mean, is it, is it personnel driven that poorly? I mean, because it's still the Steelers. It's still the Steelers and that hard-nosed veteran team. It's almost like one of those games where they surprise you. They surprise they, you and they, they came out and no win this running, game on the road. They have no running game whatsoever. Uh, I don't think the Bengals' defense was as good against the Bears as they could be. And uh-huh. uh, I, I really expect uh, I really expect eight in the box, down in the box, uh, Darren Ben to throw. And who's he going to throw to? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. That's the problem for Ben Roethlisberger, man. It's uh, it, it's going to be tough. There are some other games out there that I think could get going. I mean, if we want to look at St. Louis and Atlanta, sounds like Julio and Roddy are still banged up, but they're probably going to play, Mike. I saw Harry Douglas getting picked up quite a bit uh, in the fantasy leagues all around. What, what do you think? You think Harry Douglas can get something done? Former Louisville guy, never really been been much of anything. He's never really learned the slot receiver role for Atlanta. But let's just say for a second that one that Roddy White sits out. What do you think for Harry Douglas this week? What's what's your what's your what's your expectation there? Well, the one thing about it is Roddy White. He's already tweeted and said that uh, you know if, if I'm not right, fantasy players don't put me in your lineup. I'm not right right now. He, he's already said that. So uh, hmm. you know, I mean, systems are systems. I've said this on the show many a time, and. Uh, you know, if Harry Douglas, uh, if he fits into that system, and what he's he's done before in in a lot of games, then he could be a he could be a spot play. But you know, there's a big uh, big risk of taking a spot play in those situations. Atlanta takes on St. Louis in that game. Uh, Atlanta's available in a lot of fantasy leagues for a defense. I thought they had a pretty good defense, but there there just seems like nobody wants anything to do with them after that uh, week one performance. I don't know what to make of that, Mike. Uh, they're still uh, they're still a veteran team. They should they should be able to get some get something going. You know, I, it's just um, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like maybe putting a bid on the Falcons, and, and you know they're at home. You think they might be able to get something going against the uh, against the Rams this week? Uh, yeah, they should. I mean, you know, it, it seems like a pretty good matchup. Uh, just giving up five and a half is what I'm showing right now, uh, over and under 46 and a half. But, uh, you know, St. Louis, man, they look like they're kind of clicking right now. So, but Atlanta on the other side, I mean, they seem like one of the preseason NFC favorites, uh, to, uh, you know, to make the Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of walking the fence there. <laughs> Yeah, I think Atlanta's kind of a sneaky defense this week, uh, considering that. Look, they've got um, they've got an op- they, last week they played New Orleans, and do you think you're going to do well against New Orleans? Probably not. That, that Drew Brees can get rid of the ball; he's not going to turn it over very much. And when the pressure comes, he gets rid of it. He makes plays. So I can understand why Atlanta didn't do so well week one. Uh, I'm willing to give them a pass there, and maybe get them on the cheap this week. Get them for a buck. You know. I don't stop. You know, Scott, I, I'm really not uh, big into talking about defenses, but I, I will bring up another one if you don't mind me uh, cutting in there. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Dallas, Dallas and uh, Kansas City. Dallas is mm-hmm. at Kansas City. Kansas City is a three-point favorite. Now, who did Kansas City beat last week? Well, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> a team that's going to go 0-16, let's face it. They beat Jacksonville. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's no way in my mind. I mean, I know Vegas knows what they're doing. Hell, I've been there, you know, last week just as you were. Uh, how in the heck is Kansas City a three-point favorite over Dallas? And based on what Dallas's defense brought to the to the Giants last week, mm-hmm. wow! You talk about defense that could uh, really propel themselves. Dallas against Kansas City. Hey, you bring up a good point there, man. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it. It's. Kansas City, uh, look, there's a lot of people out in Vegas that I was talking to them. They were saying, put a little action on Kansas City. Put a little action on Kansas City to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, put a little action. I'm like, really? They like the odds. They like the, they like the play. They like Andy Reid coming to town. They like what Alex Smith brings to the table. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to get the ball to the open receiver. He's not going to make a lot of big plays. He's going to do enough to let Jamal Charles kind of run the show. And that defense is a young, improving defense. Um, so... I'm interested to see that game too. That is that is a that is a decent game to watch, Mike. It's at Arrowhead. Games aren't easy to win in Arrowhead, right? So, uh, right. will Dallas will Dallas start the year uh, off on the right foot here? That's a, that's a well, little bit of a scary situation for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it could be. Uh, like I said, they were lucky to win uh, Sunday night, but. Uh, you know, I, I really I like the way Demarco Murray played. I, I like his uh, toughness, the way he uh, ran, the way uh, PPR league. I mean, Demarco could be very very tough, but uh, I like the way their defense played. Even though they gave up thirty points, uh, I still like the way their defense played. We also had the news to Vic Ballard today for the Indianapolis Colts. Vic Ballard lost for the season to a torn ACL. It seems to me they they automatically promoted Donald Brown to the RB two there, Bradshaw and Brown. Who knows what's going to happen there? It seems to me that they got to go after somebody. I just don't know who it's going to be. They have to trade for somebody because the free agent market is so thin and depleted. And I started running through the league in my head before the show, and I I came to one name that just sort of kind of makes sense to me. It's not a real big improvement. It's not a big difference maker, but it's a little bit of a safety net when the Colts desperately need one. You think they're going to count on Kerwin Williams? I don't think so. The name that comes to mind for me is Mikel LaShore. Mikel LaShore. They got Reggie Bush and Joy Cabell now in Detroit. What do they need with Mikel LaShore? He's kind of wasting a roster spot. So, I don't know. There's not a lot of names out there. Ryan Williams for Arizona, somebody that has kind of worn their welcome out for the team, but, you know, another team will pick them up and they'll dump them for cheap just to be done with the contract. It's kind of what you're looking for, right? That, no. You know, I mean, that's that that makes sense, but uh, there's no way Detroit's going to give up on that. They're not, they're not going to give up on that contract they're, because <laughs> they want that safety net. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, if Chocolate Bell goes down, I mean, wow, they're in trouble. So they're, they're, they're going to want to keep that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to place on Brown. A, a good bid for Donald Brown. Uh, I've got Vic Bauer in the league. I'm going to have to cut him here at the NFFC. I'm trying to figure out a bid. I don't know. What do you think? Forty-five, fifty-five, something like that. Fifty-six. I said, hey, I bid way over that for Donald Brown tonight. Oh, you did. Okay, you're getting me to push up into the seventies now, man. I'm, I'm feeling like pushing up into the seventies after you say that. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, because come week, uh, let's face it, Scott, I mean, we start getting into week uh, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, these running backs, they start going down left and right. And they're hard to find, aren't they? But, uh, you know, this guy could hit up being a, I mean, he could be a fantasy, you know, just a guru. I mean, he could be awesome. Jason Duvall, Brothers Mayhem in the chat room. Scott, don't bite on Brown, man. Yeah, leave Brown alone, IPS driver. Okay, yeah, they're talking me off the ledge here. They're talking, you know, I do live here in Indianapolis. Uh, I do live here in Indianapolis, so I do get to hear all the beat writers, and they were really talking about Donald Brown at the start of the season in the preseason. we got a couple callers here. I want to bring you on the 434. 434, you're on with Red versus Blue. Hi, Scott. This is Sam Hendricks. Hey, Sam. You joined us, buddy. How's it going? Great, glad I can make the party. Sorry about that. Hey, no problem, man. We're just having fun here. 
uh, talking about week two and uh, the world of high stakes fantasy football. You know all about the world of high stakes. Real quick, uh, real quick rundown and, and where people can find you. You authored, I don't know how many books. I lost track. Uh, is it six, seven, eight? How many books do you have now? Well, I think it's ten total. They're all basically fantasy sports books. I've got uh, three on football, fantasy football guidebook, which is basically the encyclopedia for any fantasy football enthusiast. I've got fantasy football tips, which are 200 and some basic tips on how to play great fantasy football, and some of them relate to high-stakes leagues. Uh, And then fantasy football for basics, which is uh, your basic primer for anybody that wants to start playing fantasy football and wants to start at the ground level. Mm. Sam Hendricks, uh, uh, yeah, they can they can find you. Uh, where, where, where can folks find your work? Uh, at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much any online retailer that sells books, they'll have uh, copies of those and my other books on fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey, hockey and soccer. Wow, cool. fantasy soccer, Mike. Mike, what yeah. question do you have for what question do you have about your lineups for Sam Hendricks here? I know you've got a lineup question or two that you're just dying to ask him. Well, you know, I do, uh, Sam. Uh, basically, it's on uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, what do you think about Matt Latos? Hmm. Well, uh, to be honest, I haven't been looking too much at baseball the last week. I'm uh, vacationing in New England, and I've been mm. focusing on football. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We'll get back, we'll get yeah. back into the play, when the playoffs start coming along. But Mike, I think I'm going to throw the – about ahead, uh, Donald Brown, and I put a couple of bids in for Bo- Donald Brown tonight as well. Uh, you know, I think Bradshaw is going to be the man, but with his propensity to have little injuries from time to time, uh, I think Donald Brown is a, is somebody that you don't want to spend too much for. But I definitely wanted to snag him and try and get him on the roster just as a backup in case. How much? Mm. Hey Sam, how much did you bid on him? Well, to be honest, since it's Friday night bids and they've already gone through the Wednesday waivers. I was kind of hoping to sneak through in a couple of leagues, and so uh, the most I put in, I think, was 33 for him. Okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, so, again, he's not going to start. He's going to be, you know, the number two guy there. But, again, with, with Bradshaw and his injury history, I think, like you were talking, Mike, come week six or seven, he may get some work. But they're such a passing team as it is that I, I didn't think he was worth, uh, you know, in the 70s or 80s. Right. Yeah, uh, let's 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 bring on. Uh, let's talk about tight ends real quick. There's a lot of tight ends, Sam, that people don't really know what to make of after week one. Now we've seen two weeks now of Kellen Winslow, so that is a little bit more clear now. Dallas Clark uh, is another name that looked really good in week one, but again, that was kind of a shootout game. Uh, Garrett Graham looks pretty decent. Ben Watson, even I'm talking about deep sleepers for waivers tonight. Joe Foria, any of those guys seem like somebody that you would take a flyer on or, or at all for the tight end spot? Dallas Clark is, uh, you know, I kind of threw, I kind of threw him aside when he first joined up with Baltimore, but but what I saw from him on uh, week one has convinced me that, especially with Ed Dixon and his uh, lack of appearance so far this year, I'm uh, I've picked up or tried to pick up Clark in a couple of leagues. I think you know, like this week, I think he's good for four catches and probably 40 yards and a shot at a touchdown. And uh, especially in some of the like the FFPC where they give you a, a point and a half for touch for catches, you know that, that's ten points right there. So I think he's he's a he's a sure eight points in most of the PPR leagues, and that's something to think about at this point. We're also going to bring on a call that we were expecting here late on the show. Two oh two, Aaron code. That can be only one body, one one person. The fantasy exec is that you? Yes, sir. What's going on, Scott? Corey Parson from Sirius XM Fantasy. Uh, good to have you here. The Exec NY on Twitter. The Fantasy Executive. you got so many names, man. Tell everybody about your experience at the Fantasy Football World Championship in Las Vegas. Uh, Sam has always been uh, been a member of the, the high-stakes circle, so he, I'm sure he'll appreciate this, Mike, as well. But talk about your experience as a first-time player uh, being out in Vegas this year. No, I, I definitely was a, it was a – experience that I would never forget to get out there for my first time in Las Vegas. And you guys got to be here with me a little bit tonight. I'm daddy's daycare right now. So um, just just stay with me a little bit. But, no, it definitely no was a, a fun experience. Um, got out there with the guys who's doing some work for Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And then I got out there, um, got had a chance to head over to the uh, FFWC and do a couple drafts. So definitely 
It was a great experience. I'll tell you what, it's no better way to start the NFL season than to be in Las Vegas and sit down, sit down at one of those high-stakes tables and get it in with the best players in the country. So if you're a fantasy football fan, if you're a little bit past your Yahoo League and you want to set up a bigger competition, definitely make the Las Vegas trip. Bring your old lady with you. She'll have a nice time. Um, and definitely um, something that I think that there's no other way I would start the season. I mean, from the opening kickoff game and the, and the big draft afterwards to, you know, coming down through Friday and Saturday, so getting ready for game time. You know, to see Peyton Manning throw seven touchdowns, I was talking about a guy that was going in the fifth, sixth round. A day later, see him go in the first round. It was definitely an experience like another. You had Julius Thomas going in round 17, 18, all of a sudden getting us into the fifth. To see that and to be in that atmosphere with those with that happening and all those big fantasy football enthusiasts, definitely something that you want to be a part of if you're a high-stakes fantasy football player or if you're looking to make the next level step up and play with the best competition, fellas. No, you brought up a really good point, man. Julius Thomas, seeing, seeing that ascension, and Sam, I'll throw that to Crazy. you. Uh, the, the ascension that we saw from Julius Thomas just from one game. We've been playing high stakes for, I don't know, 11 years now, Sam. Have we ever seen a guy – jump and skyrocket in the drafts, you know, because obviously the drafts happen after the game uh, in the high-stakes world out in Vegas. So have we ever seen a jump that high? I don't don't quite remember. I don't think so. I'm I'm trying to rack my brain. Maybe somebody in in, uh, 2003 or 2004 that that made that jump, but I don't think so. I think that was a huge jump for him. And it's it's not really surprising, though, if you think about it, because Peyton really had some good things to say about him in the preseason. And he, I think he was just injured the year before, and that caused him to be kind of uh, uh, a little bit of a letdown last year. So it's not surprising that he's getting the love, basically. Yeah, Julius Thomas. Wes Welker, uh, Corey, is another guy. Well, before I ask you that, Corey, I want to ask you a question. Which did you enjoy more, sitting at the draft at the Fantasy Football World Championship or actually just sitting there in the sports book with the party uh, enjoying all the festivities, watching with all the group. Which one did you enjoy more? Well, you know what's it's funny. That's tough. That's a tough. That's a tough choice to make right there. Me being the, the type of fantasy football nut I am, sitting down at the table. You know what I mean. You know, talking trash with the guys. You know, everybody's on the clock, seeing everybody's strategy. I enjoyed that part more. But let me tell you something. That that night in the sports book was a definite, a close second. And to answer the question earlier, I don't remember. I didn't do no drafts after the Thursday night game last year. But I was wondering, Kevin Ogletree, of course, he came up the gate last year with a three-touchdown game, probably was getting drafted in round 19 or 20 last year. I mean, I, you know what? He, he duped me, and I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I fell for it. First time I went to the waiver wire last year in the NFFC, I spent $400 on Kevin Ogletree, and um, clearly that that's $400 I could have used someplace else. Hey, Corey, uh, so uh, – you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan myself, and uh, so that Ogletree uh, last year, you know, with that uh, big game on Thursday night, uh, you know, he kind of busted. So you said you spent you spent a lot of money on him? Or, or, I went uh, and fab the next week. The first week I went and fab. I had a hole in my wide receiver three because I went heavy on running backs, which <laughs> was a mistake. This is not this, 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 this. It started last year. You definitely see it this year. Running backs, like offensive coordinators in the NFL have, have forgot that they got a running back in the backfield. And that's why I'm kind of glad I loaded up on wide receivers this year. This is a passing league, 63 touchdown passes thrown in the first weekend of the season. But, um, yeah, Ogletree, he fooled me last year. I spent that $400 on him in Fab, and um, it, didn't, it, didn't happen, it didn't turn out to be anything. But this year I've been a little bit more judicious with my Fab, so it's still early. Oh, yep. Okay, well, I want I want winners from you guys. I want I want to hear about winners of the NFL. You guys, we're all NFL fans first, fantasy second. So I'm going to do a roundtable here. Start off with you, Sam Hendricks. San Francisco at Seattle on Sunday night. I need a winner. Uh, and who's going to have the bigger game, Kaepernick or Russell Wilson? Wow, uh, that's a that's a good good call. I'm going to go with Seattle to win the game. It's always tough to uh, travel to Seattle and face the 12th man. Um, I'm going to go with Kaepernick is the uh, is the winners in the quarterback battle though, just because they're probably going to be uh, a little bit behind and maybe some a uh, little bit more passing than Seattle will have to if uh, if they can jump can jump out in the head. Corey, I throw it to you. Seattle and, and Kaepernick are the are the options there for uh, Mr. Hendricks. What about you? I mean, I think I guess you got to look at this game as probably the pre made one of the early pre made games of the season. You're talking about mm-hmm. maybe one number one and number two in anybody's power rankings right now. But 
you know, like Sam said, the 12th man, such an advantage for the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks running the game, but as far as better game all around, I got to go with King Cap. I mean, Colin Kaepernick is the man. Everybody talks about, well, he's going to regress this year. He doesn't have no weapons. Colin Kaepernick is the weapon. He doesn't need any weapons. So I think Cap wins the MVP this year. That kind of talent that they have in that quarterback in San Francisco right now. So I think he puts up the better game, the bigger numbers. If you're a Colin Kaepernick owner, you're going to enjoy that more. But the Seahawks pull out that W, and I think Russell Wilson has a good game also. Ooh, got two Seahawks victories. Let me throw this around to y'all, fellas. Who would you start this weekend? I got the decision made in my NFFC league. Would you start Carson Palmer going against Detroit, or would you start Russell Wilson at home against the 49ers? Wilson. Wow. Yeah, I'd go Wilson. I think Wilson's going to have, like I said, just about as good a game as Colin. Uh, so I would start Wilson in that scenario. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting Wilson. Yeah, I'm with Sam. You can't you can't bench Russell, especially the way he looked at the second half of last season when they let him go in that offense. We started to see him just really evolve in there. So, Mike, I haven't heard from you. Two guys saying Seattle and Colin Kaepernick with the bigger game fantasy wise. What say you, sir? Uh, pretty much what I said earlier. Uh, I, I think uh, I'll take uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I think they're both going to have a great game, but I, I would rather take Russell Wilson in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be like a, you know, 30, 31-27 type of game. Uh, the key factor, uh, like I said, will be Marshawn Lynch because I think he'll, I think he'll have a big game. But you know, it, it's tough. Cap Wilson, they're both great, but uh, I'm going to go with Wilson. He'll, he'll, he'll outscore fantasy points. Hmm. All right, we got one Wilson. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Kaepernick to Bolden. What a what a what a what a great combo they made. Everybody just fell in love with Anquan Bolden. If you're a Niner fan, in that one game, he's been on three teams in the National Football League. In all three of his first game appearances, he had a big monster game over 100 yards. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from San Francisco. They have an additional edge, a little bit of an added edge about what happened last year. And San Francisco was the team that made the Super Bowl, not Seattle. Seattle couldn't make it. They couldn't make it past the big game. Whether the Falcons, right, that great game, San Fran handled the Falcons. Kaepernick handled them in the second half. Uh, and what a great game that was. But this is a matchup game. You do have the 12th man. I've heard all the, the stories about the, the noise and everything. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. And, uh, again, I agree with all of you on the CK factor. Uh, I think he's just an incredible force, and I'm I'm lucky to own him in at least one high stakes league. I'm very happy about that. Uh, guys, we're almost out of time. Look, it, things kind of timed out to where you both kind of came at the same time. We were going to have one-on-one, and it kind of didn't work out that way. So I want to definitely have both of you on again on Red vs. Blue. The crew in the chat room, thank you for being here tonight. Sam Hendricks, again, tell everybody where they can find uh, all the guidebooks and all the fun that uh, that's came out of your brain. Okay, it's Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, both fantasy football guidebook is available, fantasy football tips, and fantasy football basics. And Corey Parson, sir, a scholar and a gentleman, thanks for coming on, Bubba. But uh, uh, what, what do you have going on this week? You're you're part of uh, Sirius XM. Is that Monday through Friday? Do you have to work on the weekends, or you get the weekends? No, no, I, I don't. I don't work on the weekends. I kind of reach OG status, so. I get Saturday and Sunday to watch football, you know what I mean? But actually, Monday through Friday from 6 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Series X and Fantasy Sports Radio, Series 210 XM87. Scott, you already know you're a part of the program. Join us each and every Thursday morning. We just have a good time. How to give you the best brand entertainment and the best advice in fantasy football that's anywhere on the Internet. So, I mean, all the Internet, airways, whatever you want to call it, that's what we try to do. Myself, Scott Engel, Adam Ronis, Dr. Roto also. So basically, that's what we do. Definitely on your way to work each and every morning, Scott. Um, you know, we try to put you to send you to work with a smile on your face, even if your team is struggling. Yeah, Scott, you got to do a good job for that, Mike. Finish it up, finish this up, man. Hey, thanks. And uh, let's go, Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Oh, you Cowboys? have to do it. <laughs> Sam Hendricks, Corey Parson, Michael Trent. We'll see you guys next week. I'll be on the Tony Sincana show tomorrow morning, oh, right early, 9 a.m. We'll see you guys next week.
Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.